Warning, what you are about to hear is real. This is no audio drama. There is no script. Real people will engage in improvisational role play, making it up as they go along, prompted, some might even say railroaded, by the game master. So, in that sense, this isn't really real, but it is real. Oh, and we swear. Plus, there might be adult situations. Hence, the warning at the beginning. Maybe we should put one at the end, too? Listener discretion is advised. Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. This is Case 12, Color of Lightning. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcade lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a sci-fi horror role-playing game. Your investigators of the unknown are... Gabe, as Roy. New setup is trash. Matt, as Rocky. Windows update? This is a Nokia. How did that... And Brian as Pippa. That damn Rusa. She took two more benches this week. Welcome back, players. Uh, it's been a little while for us. How's everybody doing? Yes, I couldn't tell. How, how was your month? Great. Oh, I, I Didn't we just like do this yesterday or something? I don't know. Very busy, and I loved it. It was okay. All right, listeners, if you would like to provide feedback or praise or just say hi, drop us a letter from beyond. On our website at lovecrafttapes.com, or just slip it underneath my door. <laughs> and we do have some letters, guys. We've got some letters to read. This is nice. It's only been like a couple of days since we did this last, so, you know, it's, it's really incredible. This is the only uh, part of the podcast I like. The end. Wait. All right. First up, we have uh, Sean J. Klein, who says, Hi there, from Meadville, Pennsylvania, or as it's known around here, Tool City, USA. I stumbled across you guys while I was looking for something to make my work days more tolerable, and ever since I've been binging while making channel lock pliers, hashtag not sponsored. Ooh, sponsor us. Hashtag still not sponsored. Currently in the middle of Hell House, and I just love the unscripted quips that you guys all throw out at each other constantly. You've definitely become one of my favorite things to listen to. I won't say who my favorite investigator is, but I don't know if Roy will be switched out by the time I get to the current mystery, but I can't wait to find out. Thank you. I I get that a lot. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate the kind words and uh, glad that we can help you through your workday. That's very Yeah, that's awesome. And we'll take some free channel lock pliers. Oh, yeah, totally. Although, speaking of script, uh, Gabe, I just wanted to let you know that I did swap around our two lines on page 37. Like halfway down, it's it's just I felt it, it just had a little better flow. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Good to know. Speaking of flow, from Divide Overflow via Apple Podcasts in Australia says bad bad quality bad themes one star turning horror into slapstick comedy like all other ttrpg podcasts tiresome the quality is bad too eating and drinking into a mic is not fun to listen to and you aren't acq inc stop trying and focus on horror and suspense not immature reddit bro tier comedy Made it past episode one, huh? Sounds like kind of a fake fan to me. I don't know. Well, you know, my, my whole philosophy is you throw out the one stars, you throw out the five stars. The ones in the middle are the only ones that are really, truly honest, I believe. Worst podcast ever. Would not listen. 
five stars. Uh, divide overflow. Thanks for the uh, feedback. We I don't care. I yep. appreciate any kind of feedback. So. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care either. There are more serious podcasts out there. We are not one of them. We are a dead serious podcast. There's no humor allowed. Also from Apple Podcasts, Ori Pari says, in contrast, love the characters, both in the game and the cast. Five stars. I discovered this podcast last week, and I'm already halfway through chapter six. Keeper of lore, I love how relaxed your demeanor is, flowing with fourth wall breaking jokes and getting everything back to task without ever coming off as a duck. I really enjoy that none of you take yourselves too seriously. It feels like I'm just having fun right along with you. Oh, this is not fun. See, some people like comedy in their horror. Yeah, but it was a five star, so we got to throw it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, go, it goes out with the one star. Sorry, we throw buddy. out the baby and the bathwater just to be safe. And the tub in the house. God, if you tasted that baby bathwater, it's oh. the worst. I don't know, it makes a pretty good soup base if you if you season it just right. And finally, uh, Tomas via Patreon says, I wish I could thank you enough for the podcast that you all do. This is the sole reason I created the Patreon account. It's almost as if it was a separate podcast service app that I dedicated to only your podcast. I have learned so much about how to run and play Call of Cthulhu games from you, and I wish I could support you with a higher tier, and I probably will in the future. Unfortunately, food costs too. Keep up the good work, and I hope to hear your next podcast soon. Oh no, I saw this guy on YouTube who claims that he doesn't need anything but air, so maybe you could try that out for a while? Well, actually, I'm, I've become so popular among the community that I get my food. Free. I mean, there's a $500 spot open. I'm just, I'm just saying. All right, guys. Uh, this show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on Patreon.com/slash/LovecraftTapes. Thank you to Jordy Rose, Barry Robison, Brittany Davis, Chris Parker, Elizabeth Grieve. Madeline Turnipseed, Atulia, Jefferson Bell, Brownie Davis, Eric Zane, Olda Polkert, Mitchell, Lobster Johnson, Woodriver Mayan, Frank Delventhal, Kyle Sherman, David Winterman, Huge Pie, John Imre, Daniel Hissey, Eric Phillips, Malambra 57 Snow, Daniel Caprone, Dom Driver, Wild Pants, Amanda Power, who could that be? John May, Davinia Von Zarevich, Dakota Smith, Eric Setterberg, Phil Dickinson, Bastard King, Robert Jameson, Ball, Boston Harbor Horror, A.E. Jonesy, a.k.a. Grave Jones, Yogg, Marty Dixon, Andrew Petty, Rain, Young Old One, Liz Moonberry, Stephen Gregory, Shane Stoley, Gregory Schmucker, Chainsaw Unicorn, Sheldon Warner, Rolling... Boxcars, Captain Vashton, Peter VDB, Jeffrey Young, Bifford, Hoser underscore 21, Alexandra Kroska, Fly X Capacitator, Holden Omans, Nicholas Hutto, James Brown, Tian Tai, Batran, Ineptus Astartes, Justin Levac, Phil Campbell, AJ Ake, Tomas, John Scarcella, John Konopasik, Kevin G, Mick Cope, Robert Lamb, Matthew, and Phoenix Black is back in the house. Thank you, guys. Appreciate thank you, that. Thank you, Muchas thank you. gracias, señores y señoritas. Well, guys, before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. What's up, sports fans? Biggie Biggs coming at you live from the downtown arena where tonight we will bear witness to the sheer madness of Cody the Clown Connor versus Mike the Mime McCree. It's bound to be a match of the century, and I'll be your host for the entire event. But first, have you ever gone out drinking with your best buds only to come home drunk as a skunk and 
exploded like a Macy's Thanksgiving Day float? Hey man, it's happened to the best of us. Don't be ashamed. No, really, it's okay. It's okay to cry. There, there, that's it. Let it all out. Feel better now? Good. Well, what if I told you that there's an alternative to cheap beer and plastic pitchers? No, you go fuck yourself. Because it's true. When you're all fed up with mass-produced brew, why not give Pink Craw Soft Seltzer a try? It's an alcoholic beverage that'll tickle your tummy and won't leave you feeling like an overblown beach ball, but will get you blasted out of your mind like there's no tomorrow. Just crack open one of our convenient 4-liter jugs, chug it down in under 60 seconds, then just try to stand up. You can't. That's how you know it's working. Give a patented pink craw belch, then sit back and enjoy the lightheaded sensation for approximately 10 to 12 minutes. Once it wears off, repeat as often as necessary. Be sure to pay the water bill at least once every half hour to ensure any corrosive residue won't remain in your urethra to cause a painful blockage that will need to be surgically removed later. Oh, don't forget, Pink Cross Soft Seltzer comes in four delicious flavors. All Day Rosé, Hop Headless Horseman, Gelatinous Cube Surprise, and Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. That's good Stallone. Pink Craw for real men who don't mind being teased by their peers. And we're back. What'd you guys think of that product under service? I don't even know if I could sell it. As long as there's no splinters, I'm all for it. You don't want a, a large talking rat that teaches kung fu to turtles? Well, nothing quite compares to that new product and or service smell, does it? I mean, it's a heady aroma of yummy mummy and actual decayed corpses perfectly preserved in a Scottish bog for centuries. Or when you finally wriggle a loose tooth out of its socket and it comes free with a funny plunk sound, followed by the perfume of mom's meatloaf left out in the sun for six days. Maybe... It's more like the scent of Grandpa's breath in the nursing home as he mutters your name. Only, it's not your name he's mumbling. It's your dead grandmother's name because he thinks you are her. Although, it could be the stench of rotted pumpkins smashed to bits in the middle of the road on November 1st, the only order you detect as you crawl from the wreckage of two mangled cars because half your face is missing, probably back there, stuck to the windshield, still wearing that stupid mask you ordered from the back of a horror magazine six weeks ago. Damn thing costs 12 bucks plus shipping. Ah, but that smell. Thanks for coming, everybody. This is quality content, TM. Now, dear investigators, we play Case 12, Tape 6, Starbuckers Incorporated. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. A strange and unnerving carnival show rolls into Arkham, giving our investigators a case of the willies, as well as flashbacks to more traumatic events in their past lives. Rocky is none too pleased to see a shark-toothed clown grinning at him from the caravan procession and flashing six fingers meant to represent... what exactly? Roy shrinks away from the newly arrived crowd of little mimes, recalling his bullying at their hands many decades previous, which instantly sobers him up. 
Pippa recoils from Tommy Dolby's doppelgangers, physically sickened at the repetitive sight of apparently identical bloodless corpses driving the parade of horse-drawn carriages. While the trio desperately attempts to connect the dots by querying local subject matter experts, they become steadily aware dark forces may be gathering in town for a yet unknown confrontation. Roy, you stare in stupefied wonder at Madame Starbuck, and she seems more than content to endure your gaze, grinning back at you with a wide smile, perfect teeth white and gleaming. Though she isn't much taller, she seems to tower over you. She smooths a wrinkle in her scarlet robe, running one hand along the curve of her upper hip down to the back of her leg, never breaking eye contact. Well, Ken, now that you've met M. Starbuck in the flesh, I am extremely curious as to what M. Starbuck can do for you. Ask her to step on you. Let me get my place water. Really, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on around here with this, uh, this whole, this whole system you got going on. Oh yes, you mentioned something about doing some strange documentary. Well, yeah. This could be really big for you and your troop, actually. I mean, everybody's heard of Ken Burns. Mm, yes, the name does sound familiar. To be honest, we are but a simple, small troop of performers, a small twilight sideshow. Some folks, and she gives you a wink, aren't too keen on the term freak show these days. But we have tradition here. Well, that's one of the best things about it is I think with my documentary, we can retake the term. Now, what makes you say that? How would you go about doing this documentary? You know, people these days, they always they always want to find someone else to feel bad for. And I think that you could be those people. Oh, I see. The sympathy vote. Everybody treats you guys badly. I mean, look at me. I see mimes. I just don't know how to react. And that's how a lot of people feel about it. Uh, why don't you enjoy mimes? I mean, they're from France. Kind of just answered your own question there. Oh, Ken, you are a delight. So, mimes bother you, do they? Not not bother, per se, you know. They're just, they're there, sitting there. Yes, they are everywhere, silent. And I'm here, and they're there. It's this whole thing, you know. You do have some very fine points. Uh, we, we have gone from town to town, and often been the pariah of the local townsfolk who cannot endure our performers' looks, shall we say? See, judging someone on their looks, that's not cool in my book. Unless it's, like, really positive. Really? And she wipes a bit of sweat from her brow. Oh, it is quite warm out here. Is this? Is it always this warm in July in Arkham? It's warm most places in July. Oh, you'd be surprised. We've been many places where it was cold as winter. Oh, like the Southern Hemisphere? Yes, Disney World. I heard that Australia's got that whole cold summer thing. I never looked into it, though. I've heard the same thing, but they have a lot of one-star people there, so we can't really judge them, can we? No, that's true. I didn't think of that. Well, Ken, how would you film it? 
Well, I think it could start with, you know, showing the grounds, what it's like around here. and Would it focus on me? Oh, of course. Duh. I think we're at the point where we'd like to see a roll from you. I'm torn between charm and fast talk. Why don't you give me just a couple more bits of charm and we'll let you roll. Everyone's going to want to see the gracious leader of this troop. I don't want to make assumptions. I'm assuming you're who people around here look up to and you're certainly who the viewers want to see. Absolutely. I can't agree more. Or uh, these are my children, after all. And such a troop as this, we need a focal point, a strong focal point, and I don't see anyone better. I like the way you say focal. Focal. All right, that's good enough. Let's go ahead and do a charm there. I need a 58. I got a 33. This is suck. Assess. I must admit, when I woke up this morning, I would never have suspected to meet someone as interesting as you. I like where you're going, but I do need to hear more. And unfortunately, right now, I am quite busy. You see, we are finishing setup here. And as you mentioned, my children need some direction. But would you be available tonight for dinner? I'm available whenever you need me, however you need me. Excellent. And of course, I would be most interested to meet any friends you may have. Oh, I don't have a lot of friends. People in this town are pretty misunderstanding, hence the attempt at the documentary, but I'm sure I could scrounge some people up. Excellent. I, I would be most uh, interested to meet your crew. I'm happy to welcome a lot of you in my tent tonight for a sumptuous course meal. That's a lot of courses. So what do you say, Ken? Would you deign to be my date tonight? Yeah, I'd do it. Excellent. And if you have any more ideas, I'm always happy to entertain them. You know I'll be coming with a full front of ideas. Don't you worry about that. Oh, I appreciate your willingness to go full frontal. It's art. What do you, what do you want? I'm not a child. Clearly not. I have a big boy pee-pee. Well, Ken, I must say it has been a pleasure, and I look forward to our dinner tonight and meeting all your friends. All right, deuces, toots. She walks away, and the strong man steps back into your path, clearly indicating that you should probably beat feet. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please? I need a 75, I got an 85. It appears the Twilight Sideshow is being assembled, tents are being erected all over the place. You immediately think... Didn't Lem say that this Twilight Sideshow had been here 75 years prior? Yeah, sounds like I'm going to have to do some, like, lame research or something. Exactly, so maybe you can strong-arm your brother into doing a little bit of that. Rocky, as Pippa wraps up her meeting with Professor Wingate Peasley, you contemplate your next move. The automatic video corruption recovery process in the basement of Blaine Manor will probably take more time, given the outdated nature of some of the computer components in that system. Better to be patient there. And, it seems, this blasted SIM card can't be nudged into decrypting any more quickly. At least there's progress there. You're also not quite sure what Charlene Abernathy might want, having sent that oblique text. Meet later? About what? Well, she did bring treats to the manor, and they weren't too terrible. More importantly, Professor Carolyn LaCroix did ask you to keep an eye out for more of those bracelets and that strange cipher of the snake in candelabra. What could that symbol mean? This might require more of a noodle on the way back to the manor, and shudder, another strategy powwow with Roy? Pippa. Professor Wingate Peasley has given you some food for thought. 
Your father mentioned a guardianship in his letters. What had he been guarding? The Yithian Starstone? Or some place called the Library City? It wasn't clear. And until Peasley retrieves more information from his colleagues in Boston about the other two stones, you're not sure you'll get your answer very soon. Best to keep your stone out of sight for now, safe on the necklace hidden beneath your fashionable yet business-like blouse. On the way back to Blaine Manor, where you've resolved to spend at least one more night, Rocky seems lost in thought, too. The two of you ride in silence, only interrupted by the buzz of your mobile phone as it receives notifications. With Charlene out of the office today to recuperate, you had to rely on voicemail to text messages. Which is a good idea, because your schedule for showings tomorrow has picked up considerably. Two interested parties want to see the old Richter condo down on Water Street, and someone finally bit on the listing for the McIntyre house over on Wilshire. Things are looking up for Arkham Realty. Rocky does get a text from Roy that says, uh, meet at Blaine Manor. I need your help. Ugh. Well, I don't know how much you got out of that, but all I have are more questions. Yeah, it looks like we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. That's the one thing I am not good at. Oh, me neither. Uh, Sitting still is terrible. Yeah, I noticed you're very fidgety in the car. It's because they got rid of fidget spinners and now I have nothing to do. You can still buy them just because they're not popular doesn't mean they took them away. Well, it looks like Roy needs some sort of help. And I mean, when does he not? Why? What did he say? Oh, he literally texted me that he needs help with something. I wasn't specific about it, but I guess we'll find out what it is when we get back to the manor. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, we can check that out. I'm going to be a little busy tonight. I've got some things to set up for tomorrow. If, uh, business is really picking up. It must be that extra bench I got. Oh, you got another bench. Congratulations. Not the one I wanted, but that's okay. Moving forward. Weren't you angling for the one on 12th Street, right outside of Hutchinson Park? Yes, I was. Oh, we're almost home. If I may just borrow your ear for one more second. Um, your assistant, Charlene, has been sending messages. I'm not quite sure what she means by meet later. Is that... It's probably code. Most people, when they say, I'll meet you later, means I will meet you later. It's not a game. She likes you. Why on earth would she do that? Things I do are rather dangerous, and the last thing I want to do is put anyone else in harm's way. I think you should meet her later. If your life is so dangerous, she likes excitement. One last question. You've worked with her for a while, haven't you? You Any ideas, like the kinds of things that she likes, you know, favorite music, food, that kind of thing? She definitely likes coffee. Okay. She likes sleeping in and coming into work late. I think she likes to not come in at all sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is good stuff. She loves to forget who called me, but she remembers how important it was for me to meet them. This is this, this all very good information. She also likes flowers. Thank you. I'll uh, keep that in mind for later. I like flowers, too. I have a goldfish. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about things that didn't matter. I slam on the brakes, pushing him forward. Oh, sorry. I thought I saw a squirrel. You've arrived to Blaine Manor? He would not let me get out of the car. You, you were talking in the car. I just parked there just like for 20 minutes. We're going to put you guys, uh, all three, at the Blaine Manor. <sighs> I am beat. Driving always takes it out of me. 
Hey, Roy, did you say you needed help with something? I need some uh, help with some research about this, you know, this festival, carnival thing that's going on. Oh, you mean the freak show that rolled into town? Yes. Oh, you mean the Twilight Sideshow? Yeah, that thing. You know what I'm talking about. The circus. Any idea what you were looking for? You just want to know more about it or... So I was talking to the old man and he was telling me that it was here 70-ish years ago, and it hasn't been back until now. So anything on that, I think I could probably find and you could watch. Well, if you're looking for something that far back, I'm fairly certain either the library or the university I know has a collection of historical newspapers on microfiche. They might have something from that era that may have something for you there. Uh, we were just at the university. Yeah, well, if you would have responded to my text, we could have cleared this up, but no one did, so... Well, we were driving, and, and they say that texting while you're driving is dangerous, so I, I I try not to. You weren't driving, I was. You see what I deal with. And Pippa, uh, with your, uh, spectacular memory uh you do recall that 75 years ago gosh arkham daily the newspaper in town was actually up and running back then it was the same publication so potentially they could have old copies of the newspaper i think we could visit the local paper and definitely find out what we need also probability more than a probability. And uh, John Rafferty is the uh, editor who works there. Another name to remember. I'm sorry, what was his name? I can't click. Something Peasley? It wasn't Professor Winsgate Peasley. I've written every name down on every sheet. So if we go see John, I bet you we could get the information that we need. Sounds like a plan to me, unless anybody needs anything else. I mean, we know when the, the, the sideshow opens, like when they're actually starting performances. Friday night is the grand opening, and uh, today is Wednesday. We have have a few days until that show actually starts their performances, so... Let's just wait until Friday. We shall sit here and I shall make everyone crepes until Friday. Yay! Who wants mayo crepes? Well, everybody likes a good mayo crepe, but you guys are coming with me tonight, night on the town. I beg your pardon? I got us the highest class invitation in all of uh, Massachusetts. We're having dinner with the governor? No, no, no one likes the governor. That would really help my sales. Why? How would the governor help you? Because I could take a picture with the governor and put it on every bench in town. It's only going to help you with like half the people. You know that, right? It's politics. Yeah, the, I'll take half. No, no. If you, hang, you take a picture with me and you put it on a bench, that's at least... 54% of the people. Maybe 54 people, but not 54%. You underestimate what I have in this town. Which is practically nothing. Shut up. No one remembers you. Everyone's like, oh, bro, you're that brother that no one liked. That's how everyone feels about you. And he goes quiet because I've won the argument. Anyway, so I got us. It's a meeting with the head of the carnival. We're going to have some food. We're going to discuss the documentary that I, Ken Burns, am making about them. And we're going to get information. What? Okay, go back. What is happening? Oh my god. Ken Burns? Documentary? Rocky, can you fill her in, please? My brother here has some, apparently taken on some sort of strange alter ego as one Ken Burns. Not the one who makes the documentary, but another Ken Burns who works for the Ken Burns. And apparently he has gotten us some sort of audience with the proprietor of the traveling circus in some sort of strange twisted web where we are apparently a filmmaking crew and we are making a documentary about them. Is, is that about right, Roy? Yes. Someone pays attention. I played Annie in my middle school play. Uh, you can be 
Annie. I would love... Oh, I gotta think of a character that I could be. I just gave you one. Annie Warbucks. So I take it that you told her that you were the director of this documentary. I am making it, yes. Right. So where did you think you're picking up the rest of your film crew? I mean, you're going to need producers, writers, editors. Here's the best thing about this. I'm just here to scope it out. I'm prepping. There's no commitment. I'm just on a prep mode. I'm writing out a little, you know, what we want to cover. The dumb old bat, she she doesn't even realize how long it would take to film it. They wouldn't even be here anymore. Did you realize that the keeper just heard you say that? I'm sorry, who's this keeper you are referring to? If I'm going to dinner tonight, I'm going to have to run home and change. And I've got a couple phone calls to make because I've got to set up showings for tomorrow. So give me some times. We got to speed this up, guys. When did you say we were meeting for dinner tonight, Roy? When did I say that? I was told at dinner time. Oh, okay. So between 5 and 9 p.m. Who do you know? It's after lunch, but before 11 Z's. It's after lunch, before tomorrow's breakfast. It's pretty simple. Look, when we get there, that's when dinner is. Come on. It's not that hard. I'm going to go home now, and I'll come back at 5.30, and we'll go. How's that? That sounds fine. That gives Roy and I time to head over to the newspaper and dig back 75 years to see what happened the last time these folks showed up in town. Pippa's going to speed away checking as even more messages come in. Business is really starting to pick up a bit for you. So Roy and uh, Rocky, do you need to do anything before you head to the newspaper? No. You go out onto the front porch of Blaine Manor just in time to see two things. Roy is momentarily distracted because he sees out towards the back of the property the heavy machinery being moved into place near the old well. Rocky sees a familiar figure walking up the uh, driveway. It's Charlene. Hey, Rock. Did you get my texts? Uh, yes, the, uh, of course. The, yes, my phone's on the on the fritz a bit. It's oh, it is later, and I said meet later. So I guess this works out. Oh my God! Did you see that carnival coming to town last night? That was so bizarre. Yes, quite strange. I mean, I've never been the biggest fan of clowns, but if that's your thing. Oh, why not? They're kind of fun. They're funny. It's a long story. I've got time. I mean, not right now, but maybe later. I brought you a little something. I hope you don't mind. I don't know if you got one of these from last night, but uh, it's these cool bracelets. Oh, were they handing things out? Yes, you you didn't get one? I think everybody, I round me got some. No, I, I must have missed that. I, yeah. It's your lucky day, mister. I got you one, and I may have customized it slightly. And she hands it over, dangles it in front of you, and it is the same bracelet as last night. The myriad copies that were handed out, but it does look as though there has been something etched in the inner part of the bracelet. Can I make out what what it says? Why don't you give me a spy hit, please? I needed a 60. I rolled a four. That's an extreme success. Even before she leans in to whisper in your ear, you know, in case you need anything, and you see etched in the interior band of the bracelet is her name and number, but you also notice... The hand she's holding out is also wearing a similar bracelet. And you see the letters R plus C carved into some of the gems. How crafty of you. Thank you. I, I have a little embosser, too. It's it's really cool. I, glue gun. I have a glue gun. Glue, how can you not? I mean, hot glue is, is an essential essential implement of, of any crafting project. Oh, you really get me. You had me at gun. You had me at hot glue. <laughs> 
I won't keep you. I've, I've got some things to do. I know Pippa's going to be calling me pretty soon. So I understand we're getting more busy. I don't know why. It just seems like the moment I step out of the office, things just go crazy. Anyways. Well, she did pick up a couple of new benches, I've heard. So I'm not sure that's a wise investment. Now, there's that Rusa character. Pippa's uh, so intent on being number one, but she's number two right now well you know what if you, if you really want to um to, to get on her good side i heard that uh this rusa character has a very prestigious open house coming up tomorrow morning maybe we could uh drop by and do some reconnaissance you know get to get to know the competition a little bit i mean the open house is um oh when was it it was uh it wasn't, um, how are you with mornings? It was... Not super great. How do you feel about 6 a.m.? Let me get back to you. I'll text you later, okay? All right, but I mean... I just need to check my calendar. I like the idea. I just wish, you know, it was a little bit later. Well, yes, I mean, you, I, I don't set these the times here. It's, um, it's, you know how these fancy people are, you know, bright and early, early bird gets the worm. Yeah. As... Pippa mentioned anything about handing out some, you know, these bracelet ideas. I know she likes the bench idea, but I think the bracelet idea is probably a little bit better. She hasn't said anything, but everybody loves a go-getter. So maybe if you were to look into it for her, I mean, it's always easier to say yes to an idea when it's just right there. You are so wise. So wise. Okay. You have a good night now. Uh, Hi, Roy. Hey, how's it going? What are they doing out back there? I saw all of the bulldozers and stuff. Yes, Roy. What are they doing? They're bulldozing. Oh, maybe it's like the septic system went bad. This place is pretty old. That kind of thing happens. I don't know what to tell you. You're kind of judging this town right now. I'm sorry. I didn't mean any disrespect by it. I've seen it happen. In the real estate business, septic systems go. That's what happens, man. You know, one time they found a person in there. Isn't that weird? And she was still alive. Really? Where'd you hear something as ridiculous as that? Honestly, I heard it on the internet. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was, didn't happen here. Someplace out towards Chicago. You know, people can just say anything they want on the internet, really. I, it was on Wikipedia, I'm pretty sure. Wikipedia kind of lets the best and brightest all have their say, so... All right, guys, enjoy your evening. She gives you finger guns, and she skips along. You are now in possession of a uh, bracelet. What are you going to do with that bracelet? going to kind of slip it into one of my pockets. Nature's pocket. Don't say anal beads. Don't say anal beads. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you guys uh, can now head on over to arkham daily newspaper which as you know is a very humble but busy there's like stacks of editing materials john rafferty is mid-50s uh slightly balding barely looks up as you come in the little bell jangling above the door hey what's up you got you got a story for me no Today, I was, however, wondering if I could borrow your archives. You see, there's um that circus that came into town. I'm sure you know of this by now. You'll oh, yeah, yeah. Twilight Sideshow thing. Yeah, they they took out a little bit of an ad. It's supposed to run tomorrow. Uh, what what about them? I got, I got the uh, late night edition to get out here. So if you could, you know, step it up. You know Lem, right? The guy who runs the, the pamphlet station. Do I know Lem? Shit, he's been here forever. It, apparently he claims that this isn't the first time they've been here. He also claims UFOs landed about 40 years ago. Yes, well, I, I you know, see me and my friend over here, see, he thinks that, that Lem knows what he's talking about and that this really isn't the second time and they were actually here 70 
five something years ago and you know i'm i'm with you i think limbs just not old there so we were we were wondering if we could um check the archives real quickly and just you know settle this you, know. you guys are really believing the mimes over lem i'm just saying mimes don't lie mimes only lie a mime would be a terrible thing to waste omission is a lie silence is acceptance silence is golden duct tape is silver guys i i could really care less just give me your name sign the book over here and feel free the stacks are downstairs you're gonna have to dig through them yourselves we don't really have a good system right now so it might take you a little bit i wish you all the luck and uh, if you need something else just give me a holler but i i really gotta get this edition now I, i'm struggling here sorry to take up any more of your time we'll um take care of the rest of this ourselves thank you yeah all right all right and the phone rings and he picks it up yeah what uh, no, I don't know it, Roya, Roya. No, wait. Yeah, that's that guy who's missing. I don't know. Okay, what? No, you saw him? Okay, where? Come on, Ken. What about a Royal Royal? I might have information on this subject. Uh, he's not even paying attention to you. I'm going to just grab him and, like, drag him down the stairs to the archives. You guys descend down into the stacks. And sure enough, John Rafferty was not lying. It is a hodgepodge of old newspaper clippings and full editions it looks like this stack appears to be in the right order but then midway through it changes and you have to kind of reshuffle things around so you've got a task ahead of you it's going to take you a little while to do this all right so let's go ahead and go into library use figure out who's going to be primary and the other one will support and lend a bonus die you could hold the book and he'll turn the pages no i'll hold the book and turn the pages he can lick my fingers so that i can turn the pages all right i'll take lead on this of course i mean i have better library use but but it's my it's my case i'm taking lead on this oh boy go ahead and give me a library use roy that is 69 nice i got a 44 lovely and since rocky is assisting rocky you get to roll the bonus die i rolled a 10 which makes it a zero so technically he rolled a four so that is an extreme success on library use here's your medal rocky so i'm gonna go ahead share three articles of interest We'll start off with the first one. The Arkham Daily, Wednesday, July 16th, 1947. Several citizens have been reported seeing strange propaganda about town the past few days, and readers, our crack team of investigative reporters solved the riddle. No, it's not another wave of Axis enemies, but instead a hilarious cadre of clowns. The mysterious M. Starbrook has brought her Twilight sideshow to town, promising midget mimes, wild animals, tamers from France and a bevy of creepy freaks. Come one, come all. Tickets go on sale Friday at the drugstore tomorrow and the carnival will open officially on Friday. Uh, so we'll go ahead and give you the second one as well. The Arkham Daily. Saturday, July 19th, 1947. Tragedy! Police's are still investigating the cause of an early morning blaze at the fairgrounds just outside of town which engulfs the entirety of M. Starbucks Twilight Sideshow. After a successful opening night, horror upon horror, as numerous local citizens report seeing the bright flames on the horizon, firefighters were called to the scene pre-dawn, valiantly attempting to quell the fire with a bucket line and hoses pumped from a nearby pond and it was all for naught. The carnival burned to the earth, consuming everything and everyone within that small patch of land. Thankfully, none of the pe- local populace seems to have been harmed. 
Although investigators are attempting to track down the whereabouts of Professor Wallace Abernathy, who have been reported missing two days prior by his brother, Dr. Harvey Abernathy. All right, and finally, Rocky. The Arkham Daily, Wednesday, December 31st, 1947. Local boy returns. Dr. Harvey Abernathy returned this morning to our fair city of Arkham after a long sabbatical following the disappearance of his brother, Professor Wallace Abernathy, this past summer. For those who may not remember, Wallace Abernathy was presumed dead in the blaze that decimated a traveling circus in July, though his remains were never found. Harvey Abernathy closed his practice temporarily, traveling abroad and consulting with various shamans and supernatural gurus in a quest to find the location of the library city. Experts are confounded by this fabled paradise, rumored to house a means to contact the dead or some such bunk. Whatever Dr. Abernathy's reasons for seeking out this Xanadu, he has returned, looking more healthy than ever, and has arranged for a position at the university, taking up his brother's mantle in the study of rare precious stones. What? Juicy. Wednesday evening arrives more quickly than expected. There is much activity out back of the property near the old well as Bugsy Jr. assists a contractor to prepare the heavy machinery and plan for tomorrow morning's excavation. A bulldozer and a backhoe trade indignant beeps and honks as they jockey for parking spots nearest the hole in the ground. A slight breeze is picked up as the sun sinks lower toward the treetops, and you're almost sure you can hear the faint strains of carousel music floating in the air. Pippa joins in the chorus with her honking out front at 5.30. What are you wearing, Pippa, to dinner? Just my standard dress slacks and blouse with a blazer. Got my name tag on. Arkham Reality. We are real. A tours. Lean my head out the window. Guys! Let's go! I'm going to come out the front door and close it behind me. Yes, I'm I'm here and not quite sure where Roy is, but that's on him. And I'm going to sit in the front seat of the car. And I'll run out of the woods yelling shotgun. So uh, the three of you pile into Pippa's car. car. I can't remember what your car is, Pippa. The Ford Pinto. Chrysler Sebring. Don't make me go through the notes and find what name of my kind of car I have. <laughs> I, I don't think we ever did, so you can just make it up. Chrysler LeBaron. That sounds like a realtor. Is it a convertible? No, I couldn't afford the convertible. But when I become number one, I will. But for now, number two. So uh, you guys uh, drive out to the uh, fairgrounds and arrive at the sideshow. Most of the tents and structures have been erected. Immediately, the three of you see the strong man. Hello. You here for the party? Yeah. You remember me. I was invited. Oh, yes. Ken Birds. (laughs) You're a funny little man. I'm not that little. Pippa Chatterton. Arkham Reality. Put my hand out to shake his hand. I thought you were going to do a character. I turned my head slowly. I am a character. Oh, nice to meet you, Pippa. I recognize you from a bench, I think. My bench is working. I know. Is this? Is this your husband? That's Chet. He's deaf and mute and blind. You know, I don't know where he keeps getting these ideas from. It's really not the smartest man out there. Well, just let me know if you need a fork with a cork. No, but I might need a fox in a box, wearing socks. All right, then. Follow me. And he turns around and walks towards the row of tents. And I'll follow him. 
going to hang out at the back and just kind of trail a little bit further back than everyone else and kind of scan around as we walk through. You know, you see some figures and shadows within tents that are at the periphery, but it seems like, you know, this is mealtime or, you know, nap time maybe. These do seem to be night people. You expect that there might be more activity later on tonight or potentially they're just saving it up for Friday night. So there's not a whole lot going on and, and nothing really catches your eye. And uh, he does take you to to a tent that is scarlet in color stands out from all the rest of the gray and dusky blue tents erected elsewhere and he pulls aside the tent flap and he says after you my guests don't mind if i do i strut right in you enter into a tent that appears to be much bigger inside it almost looks like a formal dining hall and there is a long trestle table in the middle upon it are plates and fine china and silverware with wine goblets water pitchers there are vases of daylilies and at the head of the table stands an enormous tall woman who is dressed in a white sheer dress that consists of straps which go across her chest and down towards her navel showing a bit of her midriff plunging neckline she's wearing a scarf that appears to be woven of silver strands dangling earrings which have crescent moons and a little tiara with a milky white gemstone at the center, which refracts the light. She stands up, smiling widely. Ken, how lovely for you to join me for dinner. Who are your friends? That's Pippa. And then I'll point at Rocky. He didn't introduce himself, so I don't know what he's saying his name is today. And she uh, comes around the table towards Rocky. And holds out her hand. I am Madame Starbuck, and you might be? Take her hand and going to kiss her hand. Darwin. Darwin Peterson. Pleasure. Mm, Darwin. A very unusual name. Do you like birds? Yes, actually. I am quite fond of them. Spent a good amount of time in uh, rescue. They name them owls eagles, anything all the way down to robins and sparrows. Unfortunately, it all went up in a wildfire, and I've just kind of been wandering ever since. Well, I don't suppose in all your travels you've ever seen any dodos? Well, no, they're extinct, unless you're talking about museums. I know many guys who run museums, too, but I've never seen a dodo live. Perhaps one day. I mean, we have a sheep that we've cloned. Maybe one day we'll be able to bring back things that are currently not... I'm so glad you could join us tonight for our feast. Uh, yes, my friend Ken over here has um, told me some wonderful things. Says you're a very nice, gracious host here who's done all of this, you know, out of out of the goodness of your own heart. Well, I must say I was a little reluctant at first, but Ken does have a silver tongue. Yes, and Ken also has a uh, habit of running his tongue into places that he can't quite get out from. That does sound intriguing. Ken, I'm very happy to see you again, and I'm most interested to hear your plans. However, please, who is this young lady? Uh, this is uh, Pippa Chatterton. I shove him out of the way. I'm Pippa Chatterton, uh, Arkham Reality. Named after the fact that she never stops chatting. Give her one of my cards. If you need anything at all, I know you're always on the move, but maybe, just maybe. Well, 
thank you, thank you. This would be most helpful. And she tucks it into a pocket that probably shouldn't exist in this dress. So you are the local realtor. What happened to Phyllis Gagney? I thought she... It was very ironic. She gagged on her knee and died instantly. That's horrible. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. I hope it wasn't too traumatic for you. No, I got past it as soon as I realized that I could take over. No, it was very sad losing her. Death is inevitable. That is true. It comes to all of us at some point. And so are taxes. Life is too short. Much shorter for some people than others. Is that a height joke as I'm looking up at her? I would never stoop to that. Ask her to step on you. Pippa, I am very delighted to meet you, to be your acquaintance. And please, please, have a seat at the table. Come come sit by me. We gals can talk a bit during dinner. Sounds great. Please, gentlemen, have a seat. Our first course is about to begin. I'm more of the eat at the counter while everyone else is at the table kind of guy. Can that be accommodated? A gaunt manservant emerges from the shadows, dressed fully in a full-body black latex suit. Kinky. And he carries a little portable table, already set out with a plate, silverware, wine goblet, and sets it close to you, but close enough to the table where you could partake of the uh, conversation. Spread out on it, I guess. Throw my elbows wherever they go. I enjoy a man who likes to keep on his feet. Well done, Ken. Very accommodating. I I like that. And she snaps her fingers. And the manservant scurries away, past a little another flap in the tent, to what you assume to be the uh, serving area or kitchen area or prep area. Do any of you have any allergies? Any food allergies? Arsenic. Well, you won't find that here. At least not in great quantity. I'll try anything once. Here, have some heroin. Let's get on with it, shall we? This is the appetizer. And she snaps her fingers. The manservant brings in a little trolley that has four servings. This is an old family recipe. It's pig snout pate. It's quite delicious, and we're serving it tonight with a French rosé that is tart and full of minerality. Enjoy. And uh, so each of these courses is going to involve a skill roll. If things don't go your way, then you will have the opportunity to disguise that reaction. Out comes the pig snout pate, which is a nice little terrine of jellied meat, head cheese from the flesh of the pig's face. And I'm going to need a spot hidden from each of you. I needed a 60. I rolled a one. That is a critical success. Well, I needed a 30 and I rolled a five. That's an extreme success. I got a 91. I needed a 75, I believe. Roy tucks away. He's really enjoying it. I mean, it tastes great. It basically just tastes like kind of meatloaf, but in like jello format. Classic combo jello and meatloaf. Pippa tastes hers and it's just not the best thing she's ever had. It's got these weird little crunchy bits in it that seem out of place. You weren't expecting those firm pieces. Go ahead and give me a disguise. I needed a five. I rolled a 63. You bite down hard and you hit like a really weird piece. It makes a crunching sound. Oh no! I pull out the piece. Oh, I thought I broke my tooth. Set the piece on the plate. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. The family recipe is a it's a bit rusty. You know, we can't quite get the same components and ingredients in these smaller towns that we can back home. I completely understand. I'm just glad I caught it and it didn't catch me. (laughs) 
I love it. His face is glistening. And Rocky doesn't even bother putting any in his mouth because he spots floating in the jelly a human fingernail. Go ahead and give me a disguise roll, Rocky. I needed a 40. I rolled a 13. That's a hard success. You're able to maintain your composure. and It's up to you if you want to do anything about it. I do the thing that every little kid does when they don't want to eat and when no one's looking. I just kind of shuffle it around the plate a little bit so it looks like that I've been eating it, but I really haven't. Just eat around it. It's just a fingernail. Let's hope that the second course will be much better. And she snaps her fingers. Out comes linguine with clams paired with Alsatian white wine that smells faintly of honeysuckle and seashells. I want to need each of you to give me a sanity roll, please. I needed a 62. I rolled a 15. That's a hard success. I needed a 60. I rolled a 54. It's my first sanity success in like 10 scenarios. I needed an 89. I rolled a 96. Not nice. Pippa, you're going to take one sanity damage. Pippa... Puts a big forkful in her mouth and starts swallowing. She gets linguine about halfway down her throat and looks into her plate. And she sees tiny white worms that are nested within one of the clam shells writhing around in her plate. And I'm going to scream, they're noodles, Michael! Someone out there will appreciate that reference. You could disguise to attempt to... To hide it? Yep. Why not? I needed a five. I rolled a 25. You were closer that time, though. You start gagging a bit and retch it out out back onto your plate. Blah! Pippa, I'm so sorry. Take this away. I'm sorry. The clams around here are not very fresh. They're wriggly. You think we'd be able to get good clams in Rhode Island? You would think so, yes. Occasionally, we get a bad batch. The wine. The wine should help. Another home run, madame. Could I just get a quick glass of water? Would that be okay? Of course, of course. We have some right here for you. I'm so sorry. Do you have sparkling? We do, of course, yes. Bottled with a cap on it, sealed? You bet your bottom dollar. I do apologize, but this will be the piece de resistance. I prepared this myself. It is deep-fried rabbit paired with a German Pinot Noir that tastes of old pennies. And out comes this amalgamation of meat and bone, deep-fried. I'm going to need each of you to give me a natural world. I needed a 10. I rolled a 74. That is a failure. I needed a 66. I got a 38. That's a success. I needed a 10. I rolled a 35. That's a successful fail. Pippa tenderly tries a little bite, and it's delicious. They use just the right seasoning. There's a little bit of cumin in there. It's delicious. And Rocky, of course, is wolfing it down. He can't resist a good fried rabbit. Roy Ken is not really digging it so much. Where the hell are the ears? If this is a rabbit, why does it have a tail? Is that a collar? Why does it say fluffy with a little picture of a cat on it? Go ahead and give me a disguise roll. I failed. So you need a 40, you roll a 53, and uh, you cannot hide your repulsion. Madam Starbuck looks at you, grinning even more widely, looking you directly in the eyes. Ken, whatever is the problem? I don't like rabbits. That's all. Trust me, this is very special rabbit. I mean, it tastes great and all. I just can't stand the idea of a rabbit's existence. Trust me. So I guess it's good that there's one less to worry about when when you think about it that way. Well, yes, I did prepare it lovingly. I have 
what my father calls strong hands, and I took the rabbit's head and just give it a quick snip. Is that the noise it made when it came off was snip? Well, that was the vertebrae separating from the spinal cord when the neck popped out of joint. Some people don't like it, but I feel it's somewhat musical. But, Ken, if you are not enjoying it, please do not continue to eat. I can finish it. I can choke it down. I dare you. I double dog dare you. Did you hear what he just said to me? He double dog dared me, madame. Well, then I wish you luck. I'll need you a con roll, please. How did I push myself to this? I need a 60. I got a 20. That's a hard success. So Roy, Ken, digs into the rabbit, wolfing it down, tears running down his cheeks. But somehow he managed to get it all done. You owe me a Coke, Rocky. I hope that uh, you've saved room for dessert. This is very special. I have imported this from Switzerland. It is Smoker's Cough Cheesecake. Served with smoker's coughs. I don't care what I roll. There's physically no way I could dislike this. Bon appetit. This will be a con roll to keep it down. I needed a 55. I rolled a 76. That's a failure. I needed a 55. I rolled a 99. That's a fail. I needed a 60. I got a 5. That's an extreme. I told you there's physically no way I could not like this. That's amazing. It is the sight of Roy mowing into the cheesecake and slams the smoker's cough. His throat opens up and it slides down and that is what causes the both of you to projectile vomit. (laughs) Across the table. Of course, the manservant is alarmed and is trying to wipe up everything. And Can I aim my vomit towards Roy, Ken? So sorry. I usually love mayo. I'll look at Madam Starbuck and I'll just do the bat motion out the park. I do apologize. I realize this isn't for everyone and it may have been an acquired taste. At the very least, take these free tickets for the Friday night opening. No need to worry. This is a regular reaction for anyone who spends enough time around Ken here. Madam, I'm sorry that I brought these two. I should have brought more culinarily refined folks. And I would like to talk to you more about uh, the documentary. I think you've proven yourself to be a man of metal. So later Friday night, we can meet again? Yeah, I, I, w- I would quite like that. I, I'm particularly an Iron Maiden fan. Maybe anthrax. I apologize again, and I must excuse myself. It's well past my bedtime. You know the way out. Please, have a good evening, and I hope to see you on Friday. All right. Well, thanks for having us. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Sleep well. And uh, you guys find yourselves outside the tent now, and everything's silent and dark. Well, I don't know about you two, but I feel quite inclined to take the scenic route Back to the entrance. I'll pull Rocky back away from Pippa. Hey, it's kind of crazy, but I think that I've absorbed Declan's ability to love smokers' coughs. That was strange, because for all the years I knew Declan, he was never much of a drinker anyway. So. Yeah, but you don't remember. He loves smokers' coughs. That was him. No, that was you inside that weird simulation thing. No, you, you're misremembering. Why would I do that if Declan's mind wasn't telling me to do that? You know, yes, clearly Declan was a huge fan of smokers' coughs, despite the fact that he never had told me as such in our many years as partners. Well, maybe me and Declan were a little bit better friends than you and he were. Whatever makes you happy, and I'm gonna pat him on the back and walk away. I'm gonna punch him in the back of the head. Boys, come on, I gotta get some real food. I'm completely empty. I want to go a 
different direction back up to the front. I want to do some snooping since it's nighttime. So what I'm going to need from you is a stealth roll first. If you get the stealth roll, then you can add a bonus die to your spot hidden. I needed a 32. I rolled a 32. So you can add a bonus die to your spot hidden. So go ahead and give me that. Not like it's going to get much better. I needed a 60. I rolled a nine. That's an extreme. We'll go ahead and use that so that everybody gets a little taste of this since there's three things that can be found. Pippa, you notice uh, Rocky sort of slinking away in and out of shadow i'm almost in awe at how he moves in and out of the shadows it's like i know where he's at but i lose where he just came from roy is walking next to you and then he suddenly drifts off course slightly and he notices the nearby carriages as you're walking pippa you just happen to glance over at this sort of pile of refuse there's like a bunch of garbage cans and you immediately spot in the moonlight what looks like a man's wallet stands out pretty clearly amongst all the banana peels and empty containers of grease paint red noses and peanuts rubber chickens and small car parts a dead mime oh that mime was a terrible thing to waste oh i need to get to the car i'm so sick but I have to do my duty and return a wallet if I find it. So I go pick up the wallet. It actually looks a little bit fancy, a little bit expensive. So, of course, your natural inclination is to check to see if there's any kind of ID. It is completely empty. There's no ID. There appears to be no cash or anything like that, no credit cards. But you do see that there is some custom embroidery inside. Two letters. It says T-D. Touchdown. Let's move along to Roy. You, you immediately see the carriages and you think, horses? Horses! And you drift over to see if like there's any horses. But of course, they've been put away for the evening. Glancing at these carriages, and you notice that all, they've all been padlocked. Except for one of them. I'll open it. That allows you to uh, get inside the carriage. And you notice the seat inside is propped up slightly. Oh, well, I'll look under it then. So you lift up the seat. And inside you see a bunch of knickknacks, a harness some other horse accoutrements. Kinky. You do see a parchment rolled up with a red bow on it. Pocket it and then get out of there. And Rocky, you're flitting in and out of shadows, do your usual reconnaissance, and you come across a small tent that is not too far from Madame Starbucks. It's the same color as Madame Starbucks. It is also scarlet. Well, well, someone's hiding something, aren't they? I'm going to very carefully sneak up and open the flap enough to kind of get an eyeball inside and see what's inside. And you see what appears to be a bunch of personal effects. So it appears to be Madame Starbucks personal stuff, boxes and some furniture and a small trunk. And take a quick look around, do a double take, make sure there's nobody around. And I'm going to quickly duck into the tent. And I think that trunk would probably be the first thing that would catch my eye and i want to go check that out in you go you slide into the tent electric slide careful that trunk's connected to an elephant so you lift up the uh, trunk which is ordinarily locked but it wasn't quite clasped so it's left open slightly there are a bunch of pieces of expensive jewelry actually in the same shade as the moonstone you saw in her tiara and more importantly there is a photograph of starbuck wearing a peculiar necklace adorned with a stone that is an exact match of Pippa's, except it has a symbol in the center which bears a striking resemblance to the snake and candelabra symbol. Neatly pack everything back up. 
Uh, you slink back out of the tent, and that's when you hear the rest of the encampment is coming alive. Like people have wakened up from naps, and there's starting to be lots more movement. I pocket the wallet and head to the car. So the three of you head to the car and drive back to Blaine Manor. Thursday morning dawns gray and foreboding. A pale mist drifting across the dew-laden lawns of Arkham like ghosts seeking a freshly dug grave. Curiously, there are none of the expected rumblings of earth movers hard at work. All is silent and still at the back end of the Blaine property. So Rocky, you wake up to utter silence and your phone buzzes. Without sitting up, just reach over onto the side table and kind of pat my hand around to find my phone, grab it, and bring it up so that I can read it and see what kind of notification I have received. It says, update, 30% complete. Apparently this thing runs on DSL. Pippa, you wake up and your phone rattles. I grab it quickly to check the time in a panic like I've slept too long because I need to get these houses ready today. Oh, no, it's it's quite early. It's uh, around 545. Yeah, I got to be up. And indeed, there is another request that just came in to show that duplex down by the river. When it rains, it rains harder. Roy, you haven't slept much because you've been looking at that piece of parchment. It's, it's odd. You're not quite sure what to make of it. It's a map of Arkham. And someone has drawn a circle around two areas. At the center of one of these circles is Pippa's house. And at the center of the other one is what looks to be some sort of apartment complex. You're not sure what that is. And you're downstairs in the kitchen waiting for the other two to get up so that maybe they can help you out identify this stuff when there's a knock at the door okay i'll answer it so you open the door and standing there is bugsy jr he looks like he hasn't slept he's kind of haggard looking hey uh ken uh sorry, sorry to bother you so early in the morning yeah what's up man i just thought i'd stop by and let you know that uh we're not gonna be able to do the excavation today uh i apologize i know we wanted to get to the bottom of that but what happened who, who suspended it uh, look we we got bigger fish to fry my friend uh tina she, she went missing last night there was a disturbance of the peace call out by the fairgrounds, and she went to report it, and she never came back to the station. So I, I, I'm just not sure what to do, man. Well, I think I might know where to look. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. One of those circus freaks probably broke into Pippa's house. It's got to be a ritual that helps them live forever. Or sacrifices to some power that allows them to live forever. And the necklace is key. Possibly the stone in her tiara as well. Maybe she has the two of the stones that we're looking for that we're missing. So do we think that the carnival burning to the ground 75 years ago is a part of that? Or was that somebody stopping them? Ooh, that could be good. It didn't work. Because it said none of the local populace seems to have been harmed. Two people were missing, but one came back and took over the position at the university as the gem specialist. Which is now where our other professor friend sits. Well, looks like we have some more university research to do. Go dig through the old faculty archives. It's the Illuminati, guys. Roll it up. We're done here. Now it's time for some hashtag recommendals where we share some of our geeky obsessions. Please roll D100. Gabe, you're going to go first. Uh, I'll go next. And then Brian and finally Matt. I'm going to recommend a, a 
documentary called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. I don't know if it's public knowledge that David Arquette was in wrestling for like a cup of coffee in like the year 2000, but apparently uh, he went insane because everyone disliked him being in wrestling because it was bad. A couple years ago he decided that he wanted to legitimize that and come back into wrestling and this documentary follows that journey. He's dealing with a lot of things. He's dealing with depression. He's dealing with all these things and he's looking at wrestling as like a way out to right that wrong and he really he goes for it he does like all of the dumbest things that you could possibly do he does things that people who aren't already rich have to do to get into wrestling he's doing the backyard wrestling he's traveling down to mexico and he's doing the street wrestling he's training in some like hot sweatshop with these guys he's doing all these things that like you hear about but it's really this like the first time you see it really put to film like majorly and and he just does all these things that, you know, he tries to do it for real and to see his journey is crazy. And, uh, you know, it's like weird because this is like you're looking at this millionaire celebrity, you know, he's having death matches with Nick Gage where he's getting his throat cut by glass and he's like getting mad. And you're like, why are you doing this, dude? And it's just endlessly fascinating to watch what this guy was willing to do to right what he perceived as a wrong when he won the WCW title under false pretenses. It's kind of emotional. I don't love David Arquette, but I'm sure some people do. And to see him put himself through this is, is, is very interesting. And, uh, you know, you really get the sense that the dude loves wrestling and he's willing to do it. Yeah, it was just very good watch. It was, you know, I don't watch a ton of documentaries, but usually the ones I watch I end up liking a lot. And this is one of the better ones I've seen. Cool. Well, thanks, Gabe. Uh, I'll go next. My recommendo is Road Trips. This is something that I never would have even contemplated doing, but now that we have emerged mostly from the deadly global pandemic and we're vaccinated, the world is slowly returning to normal. And taking a road trip is a good way to settle back into travel because then you don't have to worry about flights, hopping on public transportation. You just hop in your car, hopefully a dependable vehicle, you know, check the tires, change the oil, pack a first aid kit, and head out in a random or planned direction. Doesn't really matter, but it's super easy i found out to pack a cooler with some really good goodies and drinks and you know meats and cheeses and stop at the plentiful rest areas across the country some of which are really nice and just see some of the local attractions you can stop in this town for a night hike up to see a waterfall go to the next town and eat where the locals eat eat something that you never would eat where, where you live currently. Uh, we also enjoyed just walking around people's neighborhoods, like the types of houses were different. And it was really nice to see, for instance, in Ithaca, the overwhelming libertarian forces and Black Lives Matter and Pride Flag. It was just very, very cool. What I like most about this idea of taking a road trip is that it gets you out of your headspace for a little while and helps you broaden your vista. So... You can see beyond everyday life and the everyday sort of activities of life that you take for granted and maybe are oppressed by it to some extent. Just get out and experience something different beyond yourself. Take a road trip. It's nice. Next up is Brian. I'm going to recommend a game that I played years ago on an old system called the Xbox 360, but they recently re-released it. It's Mass Effect legendary edition and it's all in 4k hdr for the new systems if you haven't played it or heard of it it's an extremely epic three game storyline uh your shepherd a soldier that 
has had tragedy in their lives, and you're sent to investigate uh, why this settlement stops responding. And when you arrive there, you find strange creatures and an obelisk that gives you visions of a grim future of all the living creatures in your universe. And your goal over all three games is to stop them and save everybody. I've played through the first and second one fully already, completing everything you can complete with them. And I'm halfway through the third one. And I just took a step back yesterday and realized how epic all of it is. Because you form relationships with the characters, you actually speak with them, and what you decide and speak about can determine if they're going to be loyal to you or treat you differently. Those same characters that you established in the first game can carry through all the way to the third game. And they reference back to what missions that you went on. And it actually, you can carry your character build from game to game and it keeps the memory of every interaction that you had throughout all three games. They put a lot of work into it, and just the scope of it all makes you feel like you were actually watching like a, a Marvel movie or participating in a huge franchise. So I highly recommend it. If you've never played Mass Effect, be patient with the first game. It was uh, like a launch title on the 360, so it's pretty rudimentary. But check it out. It's Mass Effect Legendary Edition. You can get it on Xbox right now, and I'm sure uh, you can probably get it on PC and everything else. So. All right. Thanks, Brian. Matt, close us out. I, too, have a game, albeit on the opposite side of the spectrum. Uh, everybody remembers their, their young younger days out on the playground, you know, hanging out with your friends. And uh, one of the all-time favorite playground activities is a little something called dodgeball. I'm sure everyone out there has some sort of memory of it. And uh, not too long ago, I stumbled upon a, a game that I knew nothing about prior to called Knockout City. And what this is, it, it is a supercharged, fast-paced dodgeball game. It is 3v3, your team against the other team, your collecting balls you're throwing them at the other team to try and hit them you know you get two shots to knock someone out and every knockout is a point it's first to so many points to win the match and then best out of three matches to win the round but what's really great is that they've taken the really simple idea of dodgeball and done a great job adding skill depth and layering to it it's not only you pick up and you throw a ball but if you hold down the throw button you charge up your shot which makes it move faster which means it's harder to catch. And just like you can throw a ball, you can catch a ball. So, you know, the more you throw these balls back and forth and you catch them, the more powerful they become, the faster they move, the trickier it is to dodge. So you have a bunch of people, you know, lobbing back and forth, catching and throwing, and there are different types of shots. You don't have to straight throw. You can curve ball to swing it wide to maybe hit somebody who isn't looking. You can lob shot to go over walls and obstacles. And my favorite bit is is if you can't find a ball, you just hit and hold a button and you roll up and you become the ball and your teammates can then pick you up and throw you at other people. And it just becomes this really fast paced, really hectic game that is just ridiculous enough that you can't take it super seriously. So you, you're not really mad even when you lose because you're just having such a great time. So if you're looking for uh, a really fun, really tight competitive or maybe not game, Knockout City is new, and it's a really great choice, uh, because I'm fairly sure they instituted this finally, but on every system it's available, you can download and play the game for free until you hit level 25. 
So you get a really nice chunk of, of free gameplay to decide whether you want it or not. And if you do want it, it's 20 bucks. So it's a really great price for a really great game that I hope finds its community and its footing because it deserves to be around for a very long time. Sweet. Thank you. Appreciate you sharing your balls. Well, guys, that's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at lovecrafttapes. And if anybody has any advice on how to lose somebody in 10 days or less, you can find me on Twitter at TheRealWeirdKid. And if you want to buy me a new PC setup, you can find me at LovecraftGabe. Hey, give me a shout out, guys, if you see my benches at Brian Podcast. Until next time, roll for pigs now. <laughs> the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2021. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.